Hey there, I'm in the process of editing the episode you're about to listen to, and I wanted to give you a quick heads up. So in this episode, we talk extensively about addictions, both living with addicts and being an addict ourselves. And if this is something that you're experiencing, this is your opportunity to get as resourced as you would like to be in order to enjoy this episode. If you're wanting help with your addictions, we recommend throughout this episode going through a 12-step process, which is accessible through your local AA groups. That might be Alcoholics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous. There's lots of different strains of this available depending on what you are experiencing. And there'll be links in the show notes below for you to access those resources. So enjoy this episode. Please stick around till the very end. It's a fabulous conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Casually Profound podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McLean, here to bring you conversations with friends about how we apply spiritual concepts into our everyday lives. Now, I am an astrologer, tarot reader, artist, and alchemist of all things mystical, profane, and totally disgusting. I love all of it. And so part of this conversation today is we're getting into the nitty gritty around kind of family, Christmas, all of that kind of thing. Um, Addictions, vices, all of that kind of thing. Uh, We're recording this, today is January 3rd. We've just, we're just tipping over out of the holiday season. I'm definitely still in that betwixtmas mode. Like I was working yesterday and my head was just fucked. Um, But I'm joined today by the two fabulous ladies. Uh, This episode has been a long time coming and I'm so excited for where it's going to bring us today. Um, I'm joined by Larissa Olson and Janine Schellenberg, who I will happily allow introduce themselves. Larissa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you are excited to be here today? Hi. um, Okay. So I'm Larissa. I live in uh, Winnipeg. Um, I've uh, been a healthcare aide for almost 10 years, and I took my death doula course in 2020 on Zoom. It was insane. I worked nights, and uh, and anyways, I got it done. And um, so that's just not, I'm not a practicing death doula by any means, but it's uh, in the works. <laughs> um, and I dabble in tarot. And um, yeah, that's... That's pretty much me in a nutshell. And uh, I'm excited to be here today because of the beautiful space you hold. I've had readings from you, Lauren, and um, your energy is just, um, it feels really safe. So thank you for inviting me to be here today. You're welcome. I'm fucking excited to have you here. Miss Janine, what's what's up with you? <laughs> So I have been a massage therapist for 27 years, uh, an acupuncturist for 10. Um, I just received my hypnotherapy certification. So I'm now, uh, and I practiced as a doula for almost two decades. I am very excited to, uh, to be here with a death doula officially, um, because that's one of the things that has accidentally happened to me through most of my career. Because where do people go when no one knows what to do with their hurt? They find a massage therapist and take it there, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm single, a solitary, a solitary mom. The father of my child is involved, but uh, I've my son is. I had a geriatric pregnancy. So, uh, that, that how old were you when you had him? 37. Actually. 
oh, fuck yeah. But they, but they, they call it, <laughs> it's the craziest yeah, thing to like, no clue. practically be put in the old folks home to deliver a baby, right? <laughs> So uh, just here to say that it really comes down to yoga. I think if you're going to have a baby in your late thirties or early forties, you, you're, you, you have to, you can't just sit in a chair and uh, eat Doritos all by yourself. Uh, it won't work out well. I mean, Dang. yes, you can sit in the chair and eat Doritos, just not continuously. That's all. Doritos. I never ate Doritos. I, I shouldn't even use that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the, just like that I plugged Doritos it's okay um, they're not sponsoring yet or anything so we're fine um, okay so Larissa I want to come back uh, okay this is not a specific question for Larissa this is an observation that I've had in myself so tying this I it's because before we hit the record, Larissa was also describing this kind of lull, and we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna label it a lull in her life. Um, after learning all the things, doing all the things, the gag is, is that I have seen Larissa read tarot. This bitch is prolific. This bitch is so fucking connected. It like, <laughs> god damn it. Um, and so she dabbles in tarot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's like this fear of being seen, you yeah. know? Um, so, and I guess like another thing I can say about myself <clears throat> is I'm like a recovering addict. So, um, and like very codependent. So um, what happened was a few years ago, I was an addict for 10 years. Um, and so three years ago, I found this codependency, uh, this 12 step fellowship. And uh, with the people problems. So I went and uh, I was still, I had quit. No, that was 2019. Um, I quit drinking in 2020. No, 2019 I did. Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to like arrange, figure out where I was. Quit drinking and doing cocaine. I was still smoking weed. And uh, my sponsor in my 12 step was like, maybe you should go to a group for substances. And I was like, really? Like, I don't know, you know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, not able to pay my cousin her rent and borrowing my parents' vehicle, but my life is manageable. It was not, in fact, manageable. Um, so I went to this substance program and it honestly changed my life. Um, being able to deal with feelings and like that paired with my spiritual journey, um, because I've always known that there's something out there, right? There's something and there's lifetimes and, you know, I'm here to learn. And so what am I here to learn? Um, so being able to, like, I've done a lot of growing. Like, I am nowhere near the same person I was even like six months ago. Um, but there's still those, like, limiting beliefs, you know. And um, I know I'm here to work through them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that fear, though. That fear is real real sneaky and that ego and through going to my 12 steps um I realized just how much I have to like turn my will over and to your higher power to spirit to the divine like just stop trying to run the show because the way I was running it was leading to chaos you know 
And so um, there's still lots to work on, but I'm definitely not where I was. So thanks for the, mm-hmm. thanks for the reminder. <laughs> I would definitely echo that for you that you have come so far. I met you in 2018 and um, mm-hmm. I did this workshop. I think it's still such a cool concept. It was how to trust the universe, I think was what we called it. And yeah. it was basically a spiritual hit it. workout. Um, so it was like a group thing and I would p- toss out journal prompts. And so we had like sets of journal prompts. So you got like five journal prompts and you had 10 seconds to answer each one. You would write individually while you were sitting in the group. You'd have five journal prompts, like 10 seconds each. And then it was like 30 seconds to share an answer. And then we did like sets of that. So it was like, I think it was like 45 minutes or something. So you you did like the, there was like different sets. It was a fucking cool class. But anyways, I have known you, not known you on like an Instagram, Facebook level, more or less. Honestly, um, we have so many mutual friends. I don't even understand how, how, how we haven't spent more time around each other. But anyways, um, the, I have distracted myself. I want to come back to this observation that I have noticed in the last couple of weeks is that the, and I'm curious to see how this has played out for both of you in your lives. Cause I feel like I'm seeing a little bit of it, um, just the little conversations that we've had already is that like, so for myself throughout Christmas, I like fucking knocked it out of the park this Christmas, like spending time with the family. I went back to Manitoba for a few days, um, spent time with family, um, on both sides of my family since saw some cousins, that kind of thing. Fucking, I only spent time with people I really wanted to spend time with, managed to like, stay out of the drama, managed to not get caught in the regular patterns, didn't spend a fucking moment bawling my face off like I usually do. Usually I have to like pause and go spend three hours bawling my face off and then come back and be like, everything's okay. Um, and uh, didn't have to do that this Christmas. It was fucking amazing. And then I got coming home and to back to Alberta, which I now consider home. And um, the... It was when I got back that I, this kind of, it was kind of this like uncertainty. There was an uncertainty. I, I would, I would like to call it a low. It's not like a depressive low or anything like that. It's just this, it's uncertainty, this like kind of, what the fuck is the word for it? It felt a little nervy. It felt a little questioning. It felt a little like, do I really know what I'm doing? Do I really know? Like it was kind of just coming down off that like great high, holy shit, I did it feeling, right? And um, the, I feel like this is common that this, not of all Christmases, but of this year specifically, there is something in the airwick, there's something in the planets that there's this like slowing down period right now. And of course, Mercury's in retrograde, Mars is in retrograde, Pluto is in retrograde right now. So all of the things are literally slow um, and they are literally slowing down and we're coming up to a full moon on Thursday, Thursday or Friday, something like that. Um, and so there is stuff that's going to be revealed, but it's, I, I'm just curious because Larissa, when I hear you talk about yourself and this like fear of being seen and that kind of thing, I um. I would hasten a guess that it's more of just this like 
turn inward that the universe is, is bringing us to right now. Um, because you are so beautiful when you do your readings, when you're just doing your life, like it's such a pleasure to, to see you. Um, even if it's just around the internet, it is such a pleasure to see you and to see you doing your thing and to see you, um, doing your tarot or whatever the fuck the thing is that you're doing. Um, because you have such a vivaciousness around it. And I know Janine, you were telling me earlier too, that you're taking a hard break. You're taking a hard reset, hitting that reboot button coming up here right away. Um, and so I feel like, I feel like everybody, the collective or a large collective of the, of us is being brought to this really slow not an apex the apex is high but it's like that slow part of the trough of the energy field um can i interject something about please please stop me from talking absolutely i don't think we can talk about christmas without talking about addiction so Mm. that's Mm. like and and do either one of you know who gabber mate is have mm-hmm. you heard of the realm of the hungry, mm-hmm. hungry ghosts when the body says no, Larissa, are those? Mm-hmm. So what I did to live through Christmas, yeah. my own self this year, was the myth of normal. And and mm-hmm. I don't know that I, like, I know that I'm saying something publicly on the internet right now. So just recognizing that. Um, but addiction is, all of it is based on our inability to appropriately connect safely with other people. So the recovery from that, where do you, how do you create um, community around that when you, when you yourself have chosen, cause I'm like you, Larissa, now I'm not 10 years sober or anything like that. I have a pretty healthy relationship with the substances that I use probably except for chocolate and sugar that's a really a big, bad, ugly Amen. for me. Um, but in general, and I have many loved ones who are still very actively practicing addiction, right? My, my, mm. my favorite cousin disappeared into a meth pipe two, two winters ago. And we don't mm. even know where she is. She's gone. The whole family, no one's heard from her in, a, in like a year, right? So there's just this, how do we, how do we have families and connection when we're craving for connection? I just told Lorraine before that I'm, I'm going into an ashram for the winter. I'm leaving on January 15th till April 15th into Yashodra in the Kootenays to do 90 continuous days of yoga and journaling. (laughs) And I, I am totally watching people around me go, Oh, you you can't do that. Mothers don't get breaks. You, and, and meanwhile, I'm the one who's not in a bottle of vodka. I'm not buried under a bag of blow. I, um, you know, this is me making my choices to be okay. But part of the reason I'm going is because I need community. Right. I need, I need this. Mm-hmm. And even what we're doing when we come together like this to hear you say what you, you know, I know more about your history, Lauren, than, you know, than maybe, you know, about mine, but the, 
to be together, to, you know, where Christmas, we celebrate Christmas with people that we wanted to be connected to our whole life. And the connections are right. And, and so then I just really feel the, the heart space of where you're at, Larissa, in, 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 like, good job you, first of all, not, you know, falling into a bottle of Kraken over, you know, Christmas, or who knows, maybe you did. And, and you have to now deal with the fact that you go through the, the downbeat of, because addiction is a journey, right? Like, sometimes you fuck it up. Mm -hmm. And have to come back from it again. Okay, that's all I I'm sorry, I maybe said way more than I needed to say. I I I just feel that I that the connection stuff that we're craving and Christmas is just the best. This podcast is the perfect conversation about that because we we're starved for it. And and Christmas leaves us how do we celebrate with people that are not at the same place we are or what we feel we are i'm curious janine if you can expand a smidge on how you actually used that myth of normal to get through the season this year um speaking of like how we how do we actually literally cope with being around these people so um it was an 18 hour audiobook Okay. So an epic, an epic commitment to an audio book. Right. Um, and so, uh, like, all oh, right. So here, I'm going to bust it out right before Christmas. My son had a doctor's appointment. We went and stayed in a hotel in the city and we got bed bugs. No. So on the 14th of December, I woke up all chewed in my house and uh and that was the end of christmas like pretty much all together for anything that was gonna go on the exterminator was in my house i ripped shit apart it i threw it out in the snowbank there's chemical and poison pesticide and 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 no clothes and 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 my life is gutted to the bare bones and Fuck was I mad because I planned my first connected Christmas with a newly sober family member, which I was super excited to have because we've had mm -hmm. drunken brawls at Christmas over the years. Like somebody gets drunk and somebody gets punched in the nose. Like I kid you not. I punched my sister in the nose mm -hmm. when Christmas. Right. So, you know, bad shit. So now we got bed bugs. And I didn't even know what to, what to do with myself. Like this, just ready to connect in, 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 in healthy ways. I had plans for things to be kind and it all went in the fucking toilet. So the Gabber Mate and me, I just had to keep going into my treatment room, putting my face down on my massage table and turning on the myth of normal and just filling myself with, with with the things about our society and the things about our culture and all the ways that we've that we've normalized disconnection, isolation, disrespect. And and he just hit it, 
in every way he's he's trying to educate the the medical community as well so that we're we're not having that our caregivers aren't shoveling us shitty strategies that that really there's no pill that's going to fix the fact that we each need to be heard and so the myth of normal was was for me was was like it was like therapy in in when i couldn't get therapy from anywhere else right there's there's no one to to really to talk to about it i didn't want to tell anyone i had bed bugs right you you know you might as well i might as well the pariahness of it and they're gone. They're gone now. Exterminator comes That's like good. every couple of days and does the whole thing again. And, and it, it dropped to minus 30. So I don't know, everything got frozen and, and, and it's, they're gone. But that just that feeling of, of, uh, and, and I guess it was the right thing to do. I guess it would, I mean, be, if that's happened, it's, there's a, I have a sense of that. That was right. You know what? Just, stay in your home and, and, and don't test the waters of anything else and, and just let it be um, what it was. So I used it like therapy and spent half of Christmas in my, on my massage therapy table with my face down. (laughs) So did you do any like standard issue Christmas with uh, the family or anything? Like, so Christmas day, it was just you and your son just hanging out. Yeah. Mostly, mostly my son swearing at fallout four loudly with the sound of bullets echoing through the house. Right. You know, and swearing a lot of fuck, you know, and I'm like me and Gabor, we're in the basement just trying to hold it together. Right. Like going to be okay. You know, and it's so not okay. And, and I went and bought a bottle of rum. And on Christmas Day, so talk about all that shit. On Christmas Day, I drank the Kraken. And I I made a pot, of, a pot of cabbage rolls that I ate for five days. And, and you know, hid from the flying bullets. And, uh, and that was our Christmas. <laughs> so maybe I didn't, I didn't do as well as I meant to. I don't know. What did you, what do you feel like you got out of that experience? Um, I'm going to the ashram because of it. I broke my arm this year. I had a replaced on anterior crusade ligament this year. Jules got hurt at wrestling. Like the day, like we didn't right between us staying in Winnipeg at that hotel and the, so my son has, we have matching knee braces right now. Um, but what that means is that I'm off his, he's a practices ninjutsu and he's a wrestler. So I don't have any like extracurricular commitments because of what has happened. So, so the, what did I get out of my experience? I mean, other than I was hung over like hell on boxing day, which was just a one day event right uh because the kraken is 47 percent. you guys know that yeah okay i didn't know that i didn't realize that yeah, i just i just like that i just like listen it's not it's like a regular party until someone brings kraken and then it's like <laughs> prepare to be fucked yeah so 
um, what I got out of it was, was just a kind of like, oh my God, it's t- like, I, I have to step, I have to step back for a bit. My world is, you know, on top of the, the injuries and, and the, and, and, and knowing that like incidentally, like I don't have to keep my son. We're on the road six days a week. Right. Like I thought maybe not, I wouldn't put my son in hockey or that he wouldn't play hockey. Cause I couldn't handle that as a solitary mom, but yeah, try and do two sports and tournaments every weekend. And you know, doesn't really matter if you're a hockey mom or not. I'm a, uh, I feel infinitely cooler being an injitsu mom. I would argue that you are. <laughs> <laughs> having done having done both, well, ninja, jujitsu and hockey, uh, I would argue that you're much cooler. <laughs> well, and I really feel like that 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 there's times when our lives, and this is the one good thing about being 52 years old. I'm 52, and I left home when I was 15. And so I've got 37 years of being out in the world. And one of the things that 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 longevity begins to teach you is uh, like when shit breaks down, when 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 it, you know, and, and people talk about this, but the sense inside of you when you've lost your lover, you lost your job, you don't have a fucking place to live your car is broken. Like when just everything is just so shit that you just want to crawl in a hole and crumble and, uh, or a bottle and drown that there Mm. is a kind of a, there, there is a clearing of space. Right. And, and we can talk about that, but the actual sensation of that in your body to say, okay, now we, now we do something else. And, and I think that, that maybe possibly even Christmas is kind of in a weird way designed to, to bring us to those yearly ritual events of that remind us like, okay, I'm going to do something different now. And I, and I have the power to do that. Of course, January is a hard time to do that stuff, but you know, it's hard to get a new job. It's hard to be hungry. I've, you know, we've done, everybody's done those. Well, not everybody, but, you know, lots of folks are hungry. And, and I don't, and I don't really do well because one thing that always makes me crazy, oh, we should be grateful. There's starving people and, and look at the wonder of your life. People care. Someone's going to take you in and give you a ride to work and you're all good. And, 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 and so, okay, so now I'm feeling depressed and shitty and now I'm going to get shamed because I'm feeling sorry mm. for myself. I should be feeling sorry for myself for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Someone else talk. I ranted. I'm ready, Larissa. <laughs> I've been feeling you brewing over there. Are you ready? That's so funny. Um, well, just to cross talk, um, I, I had a friend just recently, he was, um, something happened and he's in the rooms and we, um, he just stopped messaging me and I was like, what's wrong? Like, you know, and he, I messaged him on new year's cause I went to a sober social and so put on by my fellowship. So 
there's things out there in the world now and like there's 10 p.m. meetings during the holiday season. So like we don't have to be alone at those hard times. Right. Um, go to a meeting rather than the bar or whatever. Um, and so where was I going with this? Oh, I had messaged him and he's like, no, I'm just isolating. And I was like, well, don't like feel free to feel the feelings because we went so long with avoiding them, with escaping them, with not wanting to feel the feelings because they were so much, right? They were so much for us. But don't shit in your shitty diaper longer than you have to, right? Or don't sit in your shitty diaper um, longer than you have to. Like, I, I agree, like being able to feel sad and feel like happy and scared is like necessary to this growth process being in this like human experience. Like we came here to learn these things and to work through them. Some went with addiction, some, you know, overworks so, like, you know, and I, I can do the same things like over Christmas this year um, with my, my dad and my step family, we went to an escape room and dinner on the 17th, which was so nice. Um, just like non-conventional Christmas. Um, and like, they drink, but my family is an alcoholics. Like I'm really lucky that I, like I had a reading just recently with Laura Haslin actually. And this is a Laura Stan. We ended up talking about, (laughs) we, um, we talked about how, like how I had, I had, I had brought up that I like shut my intuition off and, and I was too scared to feel anything. And so I went to addiction but then we brought up my codependency and how my addiction actually saved me from my codependency. And I've actually been breaking that cycle. Speak more. Yeah. And, and so like on my mom's side, there's like six or seven generations of codependency. And my soul was like, I got this. (laughs) So I came down And instead of like, I'm still fucking codependent, you guys, like, don't get me wrong. Like I blackout codependent, like wanted to text my ex today, but didn't because what are my motives and what do I, what am I expecting out of this? Right. And so like, no, put a pause on it and just text your friend. (laughs) And that's what I did, which is great growth. But so instead of being codependent on my mom or my family, like I was for so long, I became an addict and I was dependent on those substances and it really, it ended up disconnecting me in a, in a beautiful way. Like I'm, uh, I'm like, I don't know. Like I was super enmeshed with my mom and my sisters and now it's like way different. Like I don't just tell my sisters what I think right away. Like, well, do you want me to say something or do you want me to listen? Like, you know, or what do you think? I ask questions instead of just like throwing myself at them, like unasked for. Um, but this Christmas, like oh, back to like overworking and whatever, like I, I haven't seen my mom or stepdad over Christmas. Like I worked. And so that was nice. Like I got to be around the family and they don't drink here. So um, like, you know, uh, it was it was good. And I went to some 10 p.m. meetings and like in my program, like the desire to stop like will leave us and like it has or desire to use will leave us. And it has like, I, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I wanted to 
use like any any substance um and I'm one of the lucky ones like I haven't I haven't relapsed you know into those things like I'll watch fucking Chicago Fire for hours on end though you know Netflix like man that's my jam if I want to escape like I'll escape into that way or or other people like tell me your problems so I can fix you you know or just get out of my head so like that's kind of how I've progressed and like or or not I don't know um but yeah the holidays were okay and I'm kind of feeling like I don't know I don't know about you guys but I've been seeing a lot of this like New Year's like 13 like the year being like it was a 13 month calendar and then they changed it to 12 and like 1752 or something and so like New Year's yeah it happens in the dead of winter you guys and like why wouldn't it happen in spring when everything is regrowing and, and gaining momentum and rebo- being reborn, like in the dead of winter. So I kind of just like, I've, I've really been like letting that sink into my being. And like, that sits well with me. Like, so I didn't, I don't do resolutions. Like I was never, I was an addict. So I never held myself accountable. Like me going to the gym every day is like a huge, huge thing for me. Um, and eating healthier and like, just doing those little things like even um, so in my program um, step 10 is like continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And so like doing that every morning, I've been doing a gratitude list just for the past two days because I'm getting back on that little promise to myself. Um, I'm re- And I'm working with a somatic trauma coach. Um, I have a meeting this evening actually. And so that, I kind of related to what Janine said about like feeling in your body. Like, so something that I've learned is like to do that and to feel like that inner child is coming out to, to be seen and heard. And like, um, so on when we did Christmas with my dad and stepmom, there was, I was so triggered. Like I, um, I was, I had the instructions and I didn't read them all the way through. So learning point for me. Um, but my dad blamed me right away for fucking it up. And whew, I I felt so anxious and I felt it like rise. And then my I almost started to cry. And I just like breathed into it rather than trying to escape it. Um, and I just was like, I witnessed myself. I was like, Larissa, I'm here for you. Like, you're okay. You're okay. It'll all work out. And then my stepmom came up behind me and she's like, no, no, like you're doing it right now. Cause I only messed up like the first little bit, but it's just so crazy to witness that part of myself. Um, because for so long I didn't, and I like, you know, I didn't feel like I was important enough to be held, be held space for. And, um, yeah. So, you know, whatever we use to cope, it, I, whatever I use, I'll try to talk and I like whatever I use to cope, I try to make it healthier than I was the day before, mm. you know, and learn from, learn from my, not mistake. I don't even want to call them mistakes, but like what doesn't feel good and what does feel good and actually feeling it and giving myself that opportunity, you know, Have you, how do you feel, how do you feel speaking this wisdom and everything right now? What does this feel like to you and your body to, to share this? (laughs) 
it's like super heart opening. Because <laughs> you're fucking amazing. Um, like I just am sitting yeah. here reveling in how like wisdom is brilliant, everything you are. And I just want to make sure that you have this anchor of what this actually feels like in your body. Cause it, it's you. you like this. It feels like it's coming from you. It's ever felt some people when they get into flow, it feels like it's coming through them. This feels like mm. you. And I just want to appreciate the shit out of that for you. Also, because what you're saying resonates so much. It, um, the, that line, which you said about how, like you, what did you say? You, you dealt with your codependency with addiction that wasn't the exact word yeah. that she used, but that blows my fucking mind. Cause so I come from a family, a family of addicts and um, lots and lots of heavy drinking um, and heavy drug use with some of them too. And um, the, it is, and then growing up the, my mom created this like really, really, really heavily codependent uh, little little triad with my sister and I and her. And coming out of all of that has been like, oh my God, that has been a journey. And I never even thought of the connection of addictions and codependency in that way. I've, I've kind of known like, so like Janine said, alcohol has been a lot easier for me. I've never been super turned on by drugs and that kind of thing. We and I are not friends, but, um, the, and I have, I have never been offered harder drugs. Like I, they must've, I must've been places where harder drugs existed. And like, I don't know if I just have a vibe or like a silent stamp in my forehead. Like don't give this girl drugs. Like, I don't know what the deal is. I've never been around it that I know of. And, um, but the, I've gone through a journey with alcohol. That's for sure. I've never been, no one in my family that, oh no, that's a lie. My uncle went through formal treatment. Uh, he went through rehab and that kind of thing. But, um, the rest of my family are all just daily alcoholics, untreated, living, laughing, loving. And, um, They're it's coping. interesting. They're I, coping. Come on. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. all coping, like, yeah, with it, right? I, yeah, coping. and I, I, I'm making light of this, not in a judgment. It's just like, this is this is how life is, and so the um, coming out of the codependency and having a better relationship with alcohol, and then kind of turning to the codependency to be like, okay, well, like, what's sussing out here? The food for me has been the like thing. I've always known there's a connection with food and like emotional overeating. And like every once in a while, I'm like, Oh, what the, what's going on here? I go to like lift the hood of like, what's under here. And then it's like, Nope, we're gonna, Nope. I literally found myself. So I've been listening a lot to the armchair expert podcast with Dax Shepard. And he is like, uh, he is a self-proclaimed addict and like, like loves the AA and the 12 step system and all that stuff. And, and like every time he can, he talks about it. And so listening to how he's talked about that, I'm like, can I get an AA meeting for chocolate? Like that seems so silly. And like, when I was thinking that I was like, this seems like such a non-problem, but like, I feel like I need to make amends with chocolate. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. It feels crazy to me that there's so many 12-step fellowships, like Nicotine Anonymous, Codependence, 
AA, CA, NA, Overeaters Anonymous, like Sex Anonymous, Sex and Love Anonymous, like anything. There is a like there is a twelve step fellowship for it. It's insanity. Uh, Larissa, I to ask you since you so one of the things it really speaks the codependent notion. I recently read um, Mm -hmm. a book by Pete Walker, uh, and he has four trauma responses: fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Do you know about him? Mm -hmm. The fawn. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know about him. The fawn, you know about the fawn, the fourth, the one that they've added, right? So, so I think Mm -hmm. that that's like, like the the crux of codependency, right? Like we're, I feel like we're, we're, anyhow. The the only point of that is, I when I wanted to come out of to 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 address my codependency, um. It really happened in right when the COVID, when it came fully clear, when the, when, when COVID locked us down, like I need help, right? Cause my codependent coping strategy was not available really the same way that it had been. And I couldn't find at that time being in Morden, like there was no, there was no way. So can you please say I mean, all of these groups, are they all internet groups now? Or do you have any contact 12-step programs? And is there 12-step in in Canada? Like, is there a place you can go in person? Like you said, you went to a social, a sober social, right? Oh, yeah. Tell us more Mm -hmm. about the sober social. That sounds fucking brilliant. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So the... I have to be careful because I don't, I can't be against traditions and speaking about my fellowships. So, but there is in person, um, Codependence Anonymous only has one in Manitoba, one meeting in person in Manitoba, which is crazy. Right. Um, but anyone, any, any three people can start a meeting. You know what I mean? So if you know three people that have a problem with people and just want healthy and loving relationships, um, I can set you up with the resources for that sort of stuff. Um, and there is a Zoom meeting as well, where a few people, like it's based in Winnipeg, but people all over Canada go. Um, there's great websites that I'll share with Lauren to put in the show notes for after, um, just to, to show where all the meetings are. Um, and in Winnipeg, like we have a really, a really strong fellowship with like really good like people with like long-term sobriety like I know people that are in AA that have like 50 years of sobriety and I know people in CA that have like 25 and 30 like that's really cool can I just um, quickly ask know what is CA possible. cocaine okay. anonymous I, mm-hmm. I I made it into um, codependence and I was how do you how do you gauge sobriety in the codependence anonymous like a great question. I get that all the time, actually, in our rooms. So I've been to some places, some meetings, because um, when COVID happened, our meeting room shut down and we didn't open up right away. Um, so I went to some meetings like out of LA and I found this really amazing group and they had like bottom lines and top line behavior. So you define what your bottom line behavior is. So 
for me, bottom line behavior, like I never really reflected on this. I just go by what doesn't feel good or what does feel good. But I have to be careful because when I'm in my codependency, everything fucking feels good because I'm connecting and I'm people pleasing and I'm, you know, saying yes when I should be saying no because I don't have the time or the energy or the desire to do that. But I need to please this person, right? So people pleasing is a huge one for me. So when I'm not trusting my gut, when I'm not being true to myself, that's like a bottom line behavior for me. And the top line behavior for me is like setting and maintaining boundaries because boundaries were really hard with me. Um, and I still have to work on them with my mother. Like that is, that is a, an ever, ever changing and growing thing because there's, there's so much there. <laughs> um, but yeah, top line and bottom line behaviors, like I've been going for three years. Um, but I haven't done the full steps because like they're a lot more in depth than in my other fellowships that I've, I have done the steps in, um, but they've worked like the steps have worked. And that's, that's something I can say to the steps. Like they work, there is, they were God spirit universe sent because there's people in these rooms that, you know, like I didn't, I didn't have hope that I would amount to anything really before I got sober. I was like, no, I'm just doomed to live like paycheck to paycheck. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll find my goal was like, maybe I'll find someone to take care of me. You know what I mean? Like that's such a sick way of thinking in my mind um, for me personally. Like I, I want to be supported and cared for, but I also want to support and care for, you know, like I don't, um, I want to bring substance to people and have it be returned. And I don't want it to be like a one-way street. Like I, I don't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like if, a, if a friendship is one-sided, I'm, I'm way quicker to notice that now. And I don't reach out all the time if it's one-sided, like that's another bottom, like top line behavior for me, like noticing that sort of stuff. So it's just a lot of like, to know what your milestone is in CODA, it's just that self-awareness and really, for me, tuning into the feelings of it because I'm able to feel stuff now, you know, um, and relating to other people. Like, and a lot of it is my inner child stuff. Like a lot of it is, you know, and yeah, once I've been able to shine the light on what my like little Larissa needs. It's weird how things are just flowing, you know? Um, I can feel as you talk. So step four, uh, having made that fearless and searching inventory, that was being alone Mm -hmm. in the COVID. um, I, I came to that and I had the time, but that like, Mm -hmm. think about the, I mean, say that, you said something about not practicing as a death doula right now, or that you, you, I kind of got a sense from you that you feel like somehow you're, you know, I almost feel like you, you, you're at the edge of saying that you failed at, at something that you set out to do or that you're not, not failed, like, as in it's overfilled, but there's a ing, there's a, it's a, it's an odd, it's a disconnection. And, and I got to say that, listening to you talk about the 12 step programs, maybe 
I feel like there could be a little bit more space for that work that for that work to be to mm. count. I mean, I know that you know that it counts, so I'm not trying to like build you up in that way, but I sort of am wanting to stuff a little bit of sunshine up your ass because you um <laughs> that those fearless and searching inventories, they're fucking hard. And they and they're ugly mm. and they're dirty. And it means that you live through the pain again to and you already lived it. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta live it some more, right? And and that was for me the 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 code of twelve steps. It's I'm just so with you because it predates it is the emotional connections that we need to survive. And having grown up myself with my mother, her baby that my baby sister died when I was small. Uh, and even before that, I don't think she actually even wanted that baby. And then the baby died. Um, but my mom was depressed and my dad was a raging rager. And, and so I'm carrying that weird fucking dynamic through my whole life. And, and that I had that long before I found booze, like to unweave those, those things. Like I feel, I mean, you came to it from addiction and now you're kind of working back towards it. Right. I just, just want to say good job. You, um, Thank you. Thank you for reminding me that I might need another moral inventory. Because it goes on and on, right? But I don't have all the time. Yeah, and 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 feeling hopeful that there is yeah, connection. One of the things about the ashram where I'm going for my 90 day, it's kind of I I, I think it kind of is codependency rehab. Uh, I get to be, I get to be silent there when I want Mm. and still be with other people. Right. So still Mm. have community connections, but I can choose to be quiet and not practice Mm. my way (laughs) of going about things. So I, I feel, um, I feel really grateful that you've reminded me. Mm, solitude in company. I was told that Say the that other day. Again. Solitude in company. Because it's not loneliness. You know, I uh I had a big a big void, like feeling lonely and like, you know, just jumping from relationship to relationship, whether that be like romantic or platonic, like how can I not be alone right now in this moment? And I've come a long way, but since changing the word to solitude from loneliness, um, solitude feels more expansive and um, welcoming and loneliness feels very closed off and like permanent, I guess. Uh, It's like a way of being and solitude is more like this, this space to just learn and and see and grow, like see myself authentically and see others for who they are. So a thing with my codependency is that somebody can act in a certain way or say that they're a certain way and I don't believe them. I'm like, no, you can change. Yep, 
you can change. I can change. So can you. But that's not the point of life. The point of my, I am pretty sure that, you know, in my lifetime, I am here to just accept people for who they are and, and be open to them accepting and seeing me for who I am and myself seeing me for who I am too. Right. Like, um, cause I, I don't know, growing up with a mom, this is just one of the memories that sticks out the most is like when I was 12, we lived with her and her alcoholic boyfriend and I wanted to live with my dad and stepmom. And she's like, nope, you have to be 16. You have to be 16 to make that decision. And I was like, no, I don't. I can be 12 and I want to make that decision. And like she called the cops and the cops showed up when my dad showed up and it was like a mess. Like I just, you know, um, but it was that was one of many moments where I knew in my being something and I was shut down. And so to trust myself again and to because the more I started to trust myself, the less co- less co- dependent I was on her. Right. And so her codependency comes up. And and I have to remember that she's like her inner child is still in there. And so when she calls and I think that's why I have such trouble making boundaries with her is because and it's funny. I'm just having this realization but like it's her inner child that's coming to me with all this shit, really this heavy stuff. And I want to be there to hold space for her. But uh-huh. if I'm not setting healthy boundaries with her now, even though I see her inner child, like she's going to, nothing's going to change. Right. And because I see her inner child is why I should set those boundaries. Like I grew up with no boundaries, no expectations, no rules. I got kicked out of the house at 18 for throwing like a rager party like all the time, every fucking weekend, our house would be the party house because my mom was always out. And, um, and like, she loved us with what she could. Yeah. Right. Um, no dissing, no, but dissing, no, dissing, like, moms. no, no, not at all. Like, she, and I love her to pieces and, you know, she does the best she can. And she did the best she could. And, um, like we've had conversations about it, but like getting kicked out for throwing parties that I had been doing since I was 16, I was so confused. I was like, what's wrong? Like I've been doing this all the time and now you want to kick me out? Like it just didn't make sense. And so, um, but yeah, like I've had a lot of realizations and I'm just having this one. Like if I don't, if I, if I continue to hold the space that I've been holding for her in a non-healthy way, nothing's going to change. And so that was just like a ping, Larissa, you got to set those boundaries for her inner child because she can't do it herself. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. Thank you. (laughs) You say that that you probably like me been learned to parent your parent for safety. And yeah, what's crazy is balancing. Mm -hmm. Cause I really feel what you're saying is balancing out that, that uh, parenting people that you love and parenting yourself at the same time is like, that's really a, a mm-hmm. dynamic dance, you know, and cause you, you yeah. do want to, and, and that's why some people go no contact for a little while. Right. It's just like, oh, I need to step out for a bit. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and when, when it really hit me hard when I became a mom, you know, late in life, like, then you, if, if you choose motherhood somewhere down the road, you'd be like, there'd be a new level of, okay, here we go. <laughs> right. When, 
how do I make boundaries? But boundaries are like someone, this woman said to me once that, uh, so children are very wise, but their brains aren't capable of abstract thought. They're mostly in a theta wave brain state till they're around seven years old, right? So when parents don't make good containers for their zero to sevens, they are like, it fucks us up for life because we don't, we never feel safe. Mm -hmm. And how do you make safety? You know, you know, you're, you're trying to make safety for yourself still to, to give yourself space. Right. I, I still, Mm -hmm. even where I'm at in my journey now in life, it wasn't until my mother died a decade ago that I was in a place where I could unpack it fully. And and I'm still happy unpacking it forever. I shouldn't say fully, but unpack it in a a way that because that I wasn't constantly in the trauma. Like if you have a needy mom phoning you, they just call your mom needy. I shouldn't do that. But she kind of is needing you because you're, you're grounded and centered. You're the four of pentacles. You know, you've got your, that sense Mm -hmm. of I've got myself now you've, you've got yourself and, and people that have long-term relationships with you when you've got yourself are, you know, they're going to want help. I, I, I want to jump onto this right now. So the four of pentacles, um, I'm, I'm not, four pentacles is often perceived as like a greed, right? Like he's holding on too tightly is often, but the, um, and I, and this parallels, I was popping a question here to you, Larissa, about boundaries and how you, what is the literal process of how you set boundaries? Um, because I, and you know, I'm curious to see how, always curious how people implement boundaries because a lot of the like pop psychology on Instagram and that kind of thing talks about you cut, like it's uh, the first instinct is to cut people off, which I've done. It's, it's uh, it's a, it's a mood. Um, but there is so many different ways to set boundaries. And I found the softer I set boundaries, the easier people follow them. And Mm -hmm. the way that I set boundaries now is like by literally not even telling someone I'm setting a boundary. It's like, I act the way you want to be treated. And so if I'm a bitch to someone, it's because I want nothing to do with you. Like, don't mistake that. And so, or if it's not that I'm a bitch necessarily, it's that like, if I'm cold, if I'm not engaging in conversation, if I'm not texting you every day, like it's not a fucking mystery. And so to me, I, and so, and vice versa, right? Like if I'm open and warm and welcoming and that kind of thing, that is the boundary in and of itself. Right. And so the, you know, thinking of that four pentacles, like almost putting that on a spectrum, right. There's a way to have yourself and hold yourself and be present with yourself that is not that like clutching on to an identity that is not clutching on mm-hmm. to your assets to be like, I need these assets to be myself. Cause that's the surest way to get kicked off the fuck up top of a fucking tower card. Um, but the, I, so I'm curious, Larissa, um, like, yeah, what is the, what is the physical way that you implement boundaries at this point? And we'll, you know, we can use your mom as an example if you want to. Mm, um, that's a great question. My boundaries have always been the hardest with myself. Mm, like what, yeah. what, 
what behavior am I going to put up with? Like, how far am I going to let this go? How much can I energetically hold from this person? You know, um, so something that I've really done with my friends are, I mean, like the people in my life are just fucking minty, you know, um, a lot of my friends, they ask like, Hey, do you have space? You know, and I do the same. Do you have space? Like, and then they ask, do you want my opinion or do you just need to vent? You know? And like, I've, I've really, um, implemented those types of things in my friendships. Um, and, but really like boundaries with other people always relate back to the boundaries with myself. Um, how in, in my experience, um, so if I'm wishy-washy and not like holding, holding myself to, to the, what I'm, what I'm willing to put up with, like, I have to really ask myself the question, like, is this okay? So like a, an example I could use is the, my most recent relationship, like it wasn't, I was communicating what I needed and I had accepted that that is what I needed. Like I was okay with having needs and, and needing them to be met by, you know, I did what I could for myself, but there comes a point when you're in a relationship that, you know, it's a give and take and it, it was just not, my needs weren't being met. And so I started asking myself the question, like, okay, how long are you going to cry yourself to bed because you're not getting your needs met after communicating this? And so it just came to a point where I lovingly and amicably like asked him, I'm like, do you want to be with me? And he said, he doesn't know. And I said, okay, well, I'm at the point in my life where I know. And if you, and like, I don't expect you to change because that's not what I'm about. (laughs) You have to want this too. And you have to want to do these things. And that's okay that you don't, you know? Um, And so then I took steps to, you know, move out and, and all that stuff. And um, actually on, on the 31st, uh, I went over and we were sharing our dog. Okay. We got a dog together in March and we were sharing her. And I've been thinking for a couple weeks now, like, is that really healthy for me? Do I really want to just, why, why am I sharing this dog? That's not even a year old yet, you know? And so I, I just said, you know, I have to, be honest with myself. And I think that the reason I want to share Fern is that you can still be in my life in this way. And that's not fair to either of us because, you know, it's not, we're not honoring each other. And like, we were being friends, just friends, like, you know, it's fine. And I still want to be friends with him. And I've told him that. Um, But right now, like we haven't talked for two days and it feels so weird, but I think the no contact is the way that I have to go with this, like time and space um, to give us both time to like recoup. So yeah, to, in a roundabout way, like it's just how does it make me feel? How do these things, how does this behavior that this person is is using or acting in what like make me feel? And I have to really be honest with myself because I can lie and be like, oh, it's fine, but is it fine? Um, and so like that really that honesty, open mindedness, and willingness. It's one of the sayings in the big book that we have in our program, um, or in one of my programs, and like the honesty with myself has been um, a huge growth for me in the past three years um, because I could make myself small and put up with things 
forever if I wanted to stay in situations that were way so way too dangerous and uncomfortable. And I just, I don't want to live like that anymore. And so I think that's where my boundaries come into play is because if things make me feel the way I don't want to feel, then I have to work through that fear of asking for what I need. And then if my needs are still not being met and I'm still feeling the way I don't want to feel, that I have to take action on what I can change. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard like the serenity prayer, um, but you have. Yeah. I've heard of uh, it. I can't, don't, grant, can't say that I know it off the top of my grant, head. Grant me the, grant me the yeah, serenity. You go say it. Serenity. Well, obviously. Okay. Um, yeah. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. When I say um, that it's usually grant me serenity oh. so I don't beat the shit out of this person. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's, um, that got me through a lot. And I think that's, that's a big thing with boundaries too. Like I can relate it to setting boundaries. Um, so yeah. And it's a process. It's, it's progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, like there's usually something I can do about it. Like, you know, if I stay stuck, it's because I'm not doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. This is a small departure from what you're talking about. I'm, but like the way you talk about what you've learned from going to meetings and from being in these fellowships and that kind of thing um, sounds fucking remarkable and like so beautiful and so poignant. And like I'm listening to you being like, I want this. And for a long time, I've definitely held the idea that like, I'm not bad enough or, oh, it's not that big of a problem or like, I'm not like that, that kind of thing. And so I'm curious, and I, Janine, I think you've mentioned going to going to a meeting, that kind of thing. What, I want to start with Larissa, but like, what was the, what was the impetus when you were like, oh shit, I got to go to this meeting and what made you stick with it and how might someone else go about uh, that, that process as well? Sure. So I've had the same thoughts, um, especially in my, like my substance programs, because I never use needles. I never smoked a pipe. I never like weed and cocaine and alcohol. Those were my drugs. So there's an expression called said that we say that I say, like, I brought my bottom up. Like I was never homeless. I would never, you know, yes, I lived with my cousin and I didn't pay rent. Yes. I borrowed my mom's vehicle. Yes. I was borrowing money off my family all the time. Like my life wasn't manageable to the point that I didn't want to live it like that anymore. Right. Like I didn't have to be homeless to know that it's not long until I am homeless, you know, um, So yeah, there's a phrase like bringing the bottom up to me and there's no, like the vibe in these rooms is like no judgment. Like everyone is welcomed. It's a group of people that would not normally mix, but we go because we know that these steps like can save our lives. They can give us a different way of living and you don't have to have a substance problem to go because there's so many different types of meetings, right? Um, like, it's just so like, I've never met people so welcoming. And so like, check, like they check in on me, you know, if I, I, I go, I'm pretty regular at going to my meetings, but if I'm not there, like they be like, Hey, how's it going? What you doing? Kind of thing. Like, it's like a family. Um, and we're all learning and growing towards the same goal to be better 
Um, I think every single human being could benefit from a 12 step program, like giving, like just the way it's laid out too, like knowing that I'm powerless and like, not maybe not necessarily unmanageable, but just that I'm powerless, that I can't run the show. Right. And then coming to believe that there is something out there, you know, out there. Like I have a tattoo that says everything happens for a reason. Sometimes I, I get, I get mixed feeling, mixed comments on that. Um, and sometimes like, I don't know the reason until like two, three years later, but like it fucking, I don't know if there's a plan out there for me and for everybody. Um, and then, you know, turning my will over and, you know, handing, handing my issues over to God the other day, you guys. So I, I have an, a vehicle new to me and the engine light came on and I was so scared. I was like, fuck sakes. Like I'm saving for an apartment, like blah, 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 blah. I don't have, I don't, I can't do this. Um, and so I wrote like, I'm, I gratituded it and I manifested it that it would like go away y'all it's off. Like, I don't know. Uh, it might come back on, but like, it's away right now. <laughs> and like, I didn't go get it checked yet, but I probably will. But anyways, um, then like, you know, doing that personal inventory and looking at my, at yourself, like step five, admitting out loud to another person and to your higher power, you know, six, becoming entirely ready to have your higher power, take those defects away. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm never gonna act in a people pleasing way again, but, or a selfish way, but it does mean that I'm going to be more aware of my defects because I've said them out loud and I've asked for my higher power to remove them. Like I'm going to be aware of what that feels like in my body and, you know, how it looks and how people receive me. And I'm going to feel those things and I can do different you know, and seven, like humbly asking him to remove your shortcomings, that humility, like I thought humility meant embarrassment and not like, and people laughing at me, but like that humbleness, like to say and admit that I have this problem, right. And to ask for help. And then, and then, you know, making a list of the people that I've harmed during my addiction or my codependency, like I'm at the top of the list in my codependency because of the situations that I've put myself in to get that high of people pleasing or get that high of human connection in a way that I thought was healthy. And then nine, making direct amends. And so direct amends to myself is just not acting in that way or not putting up with those behaviors. Um, and then 10, 11 and 12 is just like daily looking at myself and daily connecting to my higher power and then spreading the message because it fucking works. You guys, like, I don't know. I think everyone, everyone could benefit from even not necessarily going to a meeting, but just looking up those 12 steps and like seeing how you can implement them. You know, the point of the group is so that you're not, you know, you're not alone. Right. Like I think loneliness, that word, like I'm getting, like, it was just, it was huge. Like nobody's experienced this. Nobody knows what I'm feeling or talking about, but it might not be necessarily like the same situations, but people have felt shame. People have felt fear of going home. People have felt, you know, the excitement that certain things bring when the destruction and chaos comes or people know the feeling of chaos being a normal, like, this is my life. Yeah. But it's, you know, so I think like that's how we relate to people in the rooms is by our feelings and experiences in that way. And, um, 
we get this beautiful gift to like grow and love and like together. So sorry, that was a long stint. Humility, humility. I, my, I bolted out of the room for a reason because humility is like something that has been burning. It is the, in, in the, in the recognizing I'm, we, you and I are on treaty one, just very briefly inside of that one of the elders of tree one traditional peoples told me that humility is the teaching of the wolf. And um, that really spoke to me at that time, but I still, I couldn't understand. He said like a wolf doesn't eat till the pack eats. And so when you're talking about codependency, it's almost like humility and codependent, like, or I guess any addiction, it's all fits together. But the best definition of humility that I've ever seen is from Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. And humility is openness to new learning combined with a balanced and accurate assessment of our contributions, including our strengths, imperfections, and opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. And that just feels to me like all the things that you're that you're saying, like, when we want to be cured of what's wrong with us, right? Like we want it to be over. We want to be healed. And, and there's a big difference between being whole and maybe being cured or being healed. And I I feel like humility is that space in between where, where we get to be not done. Like, Right, I guess it, it feels to me like that's something that that I really I I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm thank you for reminding me that yeah that I don't I I don't have to I have to get it all right I, I guess mm-hmm. boundaries are boundaries are not easy for me and they may never actually be easy. I can, I can not drink. I, I mean, alcohol is not an issue. For, I guess I was. I mean, I decided to have drink on Christmas Day by myself. And, um, but that's not a common, that's not a common thing for me. But I'm definitely codependent, and that is a common thing for me. So, being in recovery from that, I really appreciate the, yeah, the reminder to give myself humility. And it's progress, not perfection. Like, I'm never going to get it perfect. And nor should I. Like, that's a, that's a, for me, that's a far reaching goal to think I can get anything perfect in my life. You know, um, for a long time, I didn't think I could have goals because I just never held myself accountable or, or to them because I never experienced that in my life. And so why, why start, you know? Um, But I think as long as I am aware of my behaviors and my feelings and I'm taking actionable steps because I get that choice. Like I get the choice now to choose different. And um, so as long as I'm doing the next right thing, which for me, the next right thing for me, you know, like, sorry, my dog is barking. Um, 
Um, but the next right thing for me is, is what? And then ask myself that question. And, um, but it's progress, not perfection. Like perfection is just something I, I don't ever want to strive for because then I'll just never, I'll never be good enough because there's always going to be someone that is doing this better or looks better or whatever the case may be. Right. But it's an un, unrealistic expectation for myself. Perfection is. So it's progress. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your heart and your truth and everything with us. Um, I think that's the perfect sentiment to wrap this up on is progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, Virgo rising, I'm, I will be a recovering perfectionist for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Casually Profound. There will be links in the show notes for the different meetings and resources that we talked about today. And if you, so you can get to know Larissa and Janine a little bit better. Um, if you'd like to join us on future episodes of Casually Profound, please send me a message. I am Lauren on Instagram, literally. That's my handle. I am Lauren. Uh, or you can shoot us a message over at Casually Profound. We will see you next week. Thank you, ladies.